Thanks for taking the time to listen to our 3D OrthoPro podcast. If you'd like to get any more information on Piro, 8Soul or Raptor, please visit our website at www.3dorthopro.com or drop us an email at info at 3dorthopro.com. Hey everybody, welcome back to the 3D OrthoPro podcast and I'm very excited to have Gosha Serafin with me today who is just off the back of presenting at Apple last week about 3D printing so I thought it was a good, good time to get, uh, get you on board with us and, and chat about 3D printing and, and a little bit about your background because it is uh, a, good, a good, uh, good career path so far in terms of how you've got to where you are and you are currently the medical team manager at Ortheo 3D based in Poland. Is that yes, correct? That's yeah, correct. Well, I, yeah, I've managed to get the, you can say your name properly and get your uh, job. Yeah, it was very good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hello, everyone. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, okay. It's my pleasure. Um, and yeah, tell, tell, yeah tell, so tell me, tell us about like you're an orthotist, but have found yourself as a, a medical team manager. So just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know your journey journey to get there because everybody's kind of different and how they get places. Uh, you know, and, and um, I'm nosy and I'm nosy. <laughs> <laughs> to start with, I wish um, our job was like uh, you, you say you're an autist and the people know mm. who you are. What did you have yeah. to explain? But my background <laughs> is even a bit more complicated. So um, I've graduated as a biomedical engineer, um, uh, but I've always been fascinated by uh, the human body. And I kind of ended up in uh, orthotics. So first, yeah. um, first I was working in traditional manufacture in Poland is slightly different um, setup. So I was working as a clinician and technician. Uh, okay, so you Europe. did the whole process. So you yeah. would yeah, yeah. assess, cast, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. make the orthosis and then fit it, and, yeah. which is an incredible skill set to have. It's, um, you know, uh, you learn a lot because if you make a mistake in a workshop, you will yeah. definitely know it <laughs> yeah. when you oh. put the patient. <laughs> I remember at university when we had to do the, we had to make everything and I was, yeah, that wasn't a skill that I was overly good at. <laughs> mm, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I always was connected, but like with my engineering background, I always wanted to explore the 3D printing a bit more and with orthotics made perfect sense so um that's how i ended up in the digital production um with the use of 3d printing yeah um, and at the moment uh, medical team manager is a bit mysterious uh, but yeah you know, it is. Like that's, that's why i'm asking this question I don't know what, that is. <laughs> what does a medical team manager do uh well i make sure devices and tools uh, used in the progress not only um, meet the orthotic requirements but also that we all take all the advantages of the technologies and what it enables um, us to do so i love looking at things from a different perspective from different angle thinking Mm -hmm. of their original function and trying to kind of you know improve the way they could work not only work but not just copying what what they are uh, using different technologies but trying to you know find a way um, to make them work better yeah, so in terms of the, this is where I'm not so knowledgeable, but in terms of like when you look at a design of an orthosis, mm-hmm. are you able to kind of put a design into some software and see how it reacts before you even press print? Mm-hmm. Well, we've got a multiple, like our team is divided into sectors. So um, I usually uh, 
don't do the um, finite element analysis. Mm -hmm. But in general, yeah, 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 we do it. And like, if if you make of a think of a design in um, individual orthotics, mm -hmm. as in uh, bespoke um, orthosis, uh, you need to do it at some point because um, yeah. you know every single device is different. Um, that, that, that's the thing I've heard a lot of kind of manufacturers kind of say is that you can do finite element analysis, but essentially nothing is the same that you actually produce. So it's kind of like mm. you do it to to take a box and say that, yeah, we have tested certain amounts of these to make sure and they don't. And also to find a path kind of, you know, if you, if you see, if you um, see enough of them, you kind of find the, um, the parameters you can use for and, and kind of match them together so that uh, you can actually predict what um, okay. what the device is going to work like. And I guess the other thing which is where 3D printing takes us is that in orthotics is that there's not really an end point of a design. It's not like, well, this is the best design of polypropylene AFO that we can do to do this job. Mm -hmm. It's kind of unknown where that is with 3D printing. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like you exactly what you said you were looking at is if I've understood correctly, that you are seeing whether what else can we do with this process that can mm -hmm. change the design or give us a different function. And that's that's kind of like a very open, open mm -hmm. door, isn't it? It's like, well, where 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 does it start and finish? Mm -hmm. Well, it's like, you know, I kind of feel like people um put uh thermoplastics and uh, 3D printed materials in general, I'll say, as a um, polyamide usually, um, they put them in parallel, but they are not the same materials and this is not mm -hmm. the same technology. So if you design anything in yeah. with any kind of technology, you think of the um, limitations and advantages of those. Uh, so yeah. you can't just copy the device. Um, yeah. So as you said, it's very open. Uh, which is uh, which can be uh, good and can be bad. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But and it's think... like with different materials. You wouldn't design the same, uh, mm, you know, um, carbon fiber orthoses um, just copying everything that uh, what you made in thermoplastics. So that's... But that's kind of where it always tends to start, and then someone goes, "Oh, no, I'll do it this way." And um, mm -hmm. kind of talking at um, Tim Tim Cooney's presentation on Vapo on the weekend was you talk, you talked about elegance a lot and. Mm -hmm. um, and like certainly like launching new products on our side, like people say, oh, wow, that looks great mm -hmm. compared to what people are used to, which is which is plastic. And, and I think the question where I can go to and I have written it down there is that, you know, well, I, we are still kind of working out, like we've changed the material, we've changed the type of design. And then it's like, well, what, what are the what other benefits? I know we can always say they're lighter and they're thinner. Mm -hmm. uh, and we can choose a lot more of the variables um, so we can be a bit more specific in our design process mm -hmm. but then I guess like what what are the carry-on effects of these to the, the patient and I I'm kind of now kind of thinking oh, yeah what what are what have I changed what would be different about what I've given as a 3D printed orthosis mm -hmm. to whether I give them a polypropylene orthosis? Um well I, I would say with 3D printing it's kind of a process so if you observe because you've mentioned that um, everything we do can be much more precise. Um, and that's Even down how to the fitting as well. People yeah. are saying that they fit, the, the fit is much more accurate if you're scanning mm -hmm. and printing. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I interrupted also, also, you can be very precise about the parameters you want to um, have in your orthosis. And if you 
kind of link them together with the parameters and the um, how you um, examine the patient. And this is how the um, artificial intelligence works. Um, so in general, um, this is the beginning of the learning process. So not only, obviously, as you said, um, the, the obvious uh, fitting and um, appearance um, advantages, but also that we can actually learn because if you change a little bit in the orthosis um, uh, compared to the prior ones, um, which the, the patient had, uh, in a year when they come for the next one, you won't even remember where you actually changed. Yeah. But um, here you can um, follow the steps and actually learn much quicker. And then obviously the machinery helps us in that learning process. Yeah. Um, but um, the beginning is always difficult. So as you said, sometimes you may not be sure which one to choose, but mm -hmm. um, if there is no um, very exact reason why you wouldn't go for thermoplastics, um, I think what you've mentioned, uh, the aesthetics um, goes with yeah. the 3D printed product. And then for the future, you can learn much more um, in, the, in the process. Yeah, and I, I think the discussion I had just earlier on this afternoon with, a, with another orthotist was, um, you know, if, if, if you're prescribing um, polypropylene in, a, in an NHS service, then it's like, if you're going to start providing 3D printed, it's, it's difficult to see where people would differentiate why someone is more suitable for 3D printed rather than polypropylene, because everybody could benefit from having a 3D printed or as opposed to polypropylene. So as soon as you, someone in that sector does one, it's like, well, mm -hmm. Why can't everybody have one? You can't, it's, it's not as diff, it's so similar, but it's not similar. It's it's the same, but better. And there's no real reason to rule somebody out of being suitable for it. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not like 3D printing has, uh, you know, uh, solved every single problem in orthotics. So sometimes no. you would just go for a, for a different one for various reasons. Um, but as you said, sometimes the, the differences can be very subtle and, and it's yeah. not the But I also think then that, uh, that when people kind of see that oh, 3D printing, it gives us that option of, of making things lighter uh, and, and, and more, more variable in thickness, so it's easier to get into footwear. But I think the, the conversation I then tend to have on the other side with, with parents is that it still depends on the input, like from the clinician, from the assessment and the design of it um, to get that similar or better output. And I don't know that you, I guess for me clinically, I'm not sure like when, when I can confidently say, well, I can change the outcome to be better with a 3D printed orthosis because of these features that I know I can modify. I think that's kind of, kind of exciting, but... Um, I think it's good that we have this, you know, we can um, actually influence um, the patient depending on how good we are as in order to this. Um, but then um, I think this is also a problem in our field, uh, I mean, in our profession, because... Right, coffee, um, coffee delivery. <laughs> good, I didn't have one. <laughs> so, well, that's, um, not, that's not open, that's good. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, in general, um, this is um, the tools we use and the, the techniques we have. I think this has to be more precise. And this is also um, 
like the whole education, uh, not maybe not problem, but um, as you said, it really depends on the parameters that you use and how the the, the orthosis is going to work. So I think um, if we had more precise rules or more um, guidance or, or call it whatever, um, yeah. So that we actually assess patients the same way and have the similar effects, that would be uh, something which would benefit not only in 3D printed orthotics, but in any um, kind yeah. of... Yeah, and I think that that, you know, certainly from my perspective in the UK is like, there's a myriad of differences upon clinical services and thought processes and, and everything that goes on. And then you kind of, you do then see from a couple of like Facebook groups I, I'm, I'm in that are kind of with parents and things like that. It's, you do see a very similar trend of, of, of issues that people have. And I, but then you also see the similar hype around a product uh, of, of, of saying like, well, this is three, you can have 3D printed AFOs now instead, they'll be way better, but it's kind of like, well, there's, there's a lot of other uh, mm -hmm. variables that come before just having, having it printed. So yeah, it, it's, I think that's we probably started off on a really good topic there because that is kind of right at the because we obviously with your with, on the back of your back well it kind of opened the door of, of where being an orthodist and using digital processes can help and this is kind of actually where it where it is well where all the questions are now um in terms of what uh, when we're when we're fitting these and when we're getting feedback and where does it go next and that's 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 what's cool. That's well, exactly what I was hoping we would, we would talk about. Um, so I guess kind of going on to another kind of question is in terms of your clinical stuff, when you're, when you're scanning someone, do you have different scanners you use for different things or do you have a preference? Is there, is there an easy process that you find works well for? Mm -hmm. uh, well, um, the company I work for has been on the market for quite a long time and we've got like a fleet of scanners. So we've used okay. um, uh, quite a few scanners here and we've kind of compared them. Uh, but I think um, it's not like there is not a perfect scanner. It's more, I think that um, the, the orthotic industry has a problem. So we, we would probably want to scan um, the foot or, okay, talking about lower limb. Yeah, uh, yeah already corrected and aligned properly um and any scan no matter how good your scanner is if it, yeah. if you don't have take this positioning scan. tool <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah if you take a bad scan this uh you know it, it's not going to fix it so it's a a tool but then again um in terms of positioning i was going to just because that's something i've been playing around with as well because again it's not before it's always been like okay if you cast them you get your hands on them you position them or sometimes you would cast them and place their foot on the floor and it was because it was fairly easy to position. And I saw, I saw kind of experimenting a bit with using the, the, the 3D platforms um, and found that there's, there is, you have to be a lot more accurate in exactly what you want to obtain. I know you can, you can manipulate a lot on the other side in terms of move things around, mm -hmm. but I don't do that bit myself. So I've been, saying, okay, well, this is the angle I want. And then I would use the platform at an angle and move the foot away. And then thinking about, well, you've got a tendency towards fairness or inversion, whatever you want to call it. Then I find myself then like externally rotating the leg and position the platform at the platform. And you think, oh, well, this actually, and then 
measuring kind of roughly what the angle is. I think this is kind of where I want to be. And then scan in from there. And then the platforms make it easier to get around the back for AFOs and things. Mm-hmm. And I think, wow, this is like, and then it takes 30 seconds to scan. And you think, well, this is way easier. Yeah. And then, but then you go and see someone else and you think, there's no way I can scan this person because I just have to have my hands on them because of the, because of the position you're trying to change. It, um, and I think, like, or when people see maybe I was talking about 3D printing and scanning, it, it has so many excellent bits, qualities, but it never supersedes completely mm-hmm. some of the other processes that you can go through. But, well, I think it's the whole ecosystem, you know. Um, it's not like, you know, you, you get a 3D printer and magic happens. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> true, that's true. Uh, yeah, it's the same with a scanner, it's a tool. So it's it's something we need to do from our side. We are actually um, building a, like a personalized solution um, so that we can uh, take the scan in a corrected position. Um, uh-huh. But uh, it is very, very complicated. As you said, sometimes um, sometimes you really need to think it through how to position yeah. a patient that you can, even in castings, not even mentioning 3D scanning. I know, and it's, it's the same thought process that you would go through with a cast that you would mm-hmm. be like, well, how am I going to do this? Mm-hmm. And I try and say to people, like, scanning is just another option on the table that you can consider. I think I sat on Monday in clinic and I was like, I read, I'm just quite used to scanning. It's like, oh, I can't scan this person. It's like, I'm going to have to cast. What kind of cast am I going to do? And I was like, okay, I'll have to slipper cast someone for, for a pair of orthoses. And it's like, okay, well, you just kind of go through your toolbox and just see what's going to meet the needs of this patient for what you need, mm-hmm. to, need to do. So, which kind of takes us on kind of nicely to um, kind of after scanning. Are you doing a lot of the after scan work or have you done that before where you would use the software to manipulate your, your, your file, your data file? Mm-hmm. As I mentioned, we, um, we have our own personalized tool, personalized tool. So there is not that much correction um, needed. Um, okay anymore because, because it happens automatically throughout your algorithm uh well or because you most, take it no we just take this can already corrected so okay kind of, yeah yeah uh, okay. obviously you need to sometimes um alter it a bit but um yeah. and i think that's it it's kind of it's kind of like the way people would work traditionally you try and get that cast in the best position you can and then you would maybe write on your sheet or oh, can you mm-hmm. just alter this a little bit because couldn't quite get it exactly where i wanted and as opposed to thinking that because you scan, you just scan it and then you fully manipulate it in the software, because it, I still think that would give you the same pitfalls as if you did it traditionally mm-hmm. and tried to manipulate too much. I love you said this sentence. You said, can you um, correct it a little bit? Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> it, yeah. yeah that's, that's, like, that's like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's the, the, the problem, that we actually can specify a little yeah. bit. And that's what I've learned during this uh, 3D printing. Uh, I think I saw you say right? that on, on a video. And then I thought that is so true, because then I did that cast with the position. I thought, well, I'll just measure this with a tool on the iPad that I can measure an angle. And then I know exactly where I want to be. And then when I write it down on my spec sheet, I can be like, right, this needs to be at this angle, because this is where I know I can get it to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that is definitely true. I I remember you saying that and thinking that obviously came into my head at some point when I was in clinic, thinking, yeah, I can be way more accurate here. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's something so simple, and we use it in everyday life, but it just doesn't 
doesn't happen in orthotics. And then, you know, this little bit is something else for you. And for so that's else. one person to another person saying, mm. like the technician saying, oh yeah, I need to move this a bit. So, or or when you were doing it all yourself, you were like, oh, I actually think it was a bit better than this. I could, mm-hmm. as opposed to saying, right, I'm going to move this three degrees. Mm-hmm. That's what able- was great. That was great when I was a technician and a clinician because I knew what a little bit meant. But yeah, exactly. But that exactly. So it's a far more accurate little bit because you had done the cast and seen assess the patient mm-hmm. and, and 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 had that kind of um, memory of of movement from, mm-hmm. from assessing the patient. So yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah, that's a funny one. So we should definitely get we get more accurate in our terminology. I I was very surprised to kind of learn that uh, when I started working in the 3D printed kind of project um, in orthotics that engineers ask so many questions I never thought about right and they were very exact like like, like, okay so for instance I don't know what is the angle between um, the heel and um, if you've got a heel raise because I usually measure it by centimeters, so like two centimeters here, raised. Yeah. Okay, but what is the angle if you uh, make it in the whatever shoe size? And I was like, I don't know what the angle is. <laughs> I know I could imagine. And they were like, how do you not know? And like a lot of questions was something I would never think of uh, because yeah. it never, I never needed it. And I think that's where the algorithms and things that are being made for your platform and ours are. Kind of like ridiculously clever and you think well people think well how can they work well they're kind of asking the right questions and then you give them the right answers and the input and it kind of says well, well this is what you need kind of well mm-hmm. say that's maybe overly simplified um but if as long as you give it the right data and you've got it in the right position it can it can give you that that, that kind of more efficient finish finished product well, I think it's kind of a trap if we if we stay um, like some people are very experienced and they're in the industry for a long time, but then you know you get used to things and this means you're experienced. But uh, uh, if you've got someone fresh and they ask those questions, you think, okay, why I actually make it this way or that way yeah. or yeah. Uh, why won't I do it in in a different way? And this brings us to the origin how. Uh, why we actually make things certain way because uh, sometimes yeah. we make them like that because of the technology and what it like the limitations it gives us um yeah but if and, and, and we're creatures of habit as well yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, and i like that and i don't know how you find but from from my role here in terms of trying to get like kind of promote products that are based on scanning you, mm-hmm. you'll meet a wide, wide variety of people who are say they're just not not interested in learning how to scan. And I'm not trying to say it, it takes over casting in any way or any other methods. It's just not, as I said earlier, it's just not a tool in the box, but people can be like, no, I'm not, not ready, don't want to change. I don't like, mm-hmm. oh, but you can do like, you know, I'm kind of thinking, oh, that's kind of strange because you can do so many cool things with it. But then looking back, I probably cautiously got into it um, and then thought, oh, actually, the more you kind of, learn it and get used to it you think okay this is actually good i know where this place is for now and, mm-hmm. but you can also kind of see that it's forever changing as well um, yeah people are sometimes scared of the change not only because they've learned how to do it and they do it well and you know the new yeah. they bring something else <laughs> yeah yeah and, and they might have to make a mistake to yeah. uh, as they learn through it for something that would be mm. maybe if they've done it their other method and 
but then I think that kind of brings us again, like what is a workflow and like the way you talked about this in the, in the in BAPO about having having a, a digital workflow um, and how that that does offer quite a lot of benefits. But it, again, it's not restrict in terms of it doesn't have to be purely digital. People do things in, in different ways to obtain a 3D printed product at the end of it and just has to suit the patient and their, their kind of situation. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a fan of bringing everything that is digital in, not because I think anything handmade or done different way is wrong. Um, it's just, um, I think we can kind of have the whole um, process um, in the same place. And you can, if, if you think to, uh, you know, make something um, in sizes, what can be done in sizes, but you never thought about it before, mm -hmm. this way you can do it. Uh, uh, if you mix, it's more difficult, but you know, it's a process. So always uh, step by step uh, leads us to um, somewhere where, where we want to be. Although if you come to, um, if, you, if you ask for the workflow, I think it's similar to what it actually uh, is in traditional manufacture, but we just use different tools. So, okay, yeah. you measure instead of casting, you, you 3D scan. Um, you need to, you know, prepare your cast and pour the cast in. So in, in 3D um, techniques in general, you have to prepare it as well. Then you need to align it and correct it. If you take a good um, scan and if you take a good cast, you have less work, but it's yeah. the same with, you know, yeah. in both methods. Um, I would have said like time save. I, you're, I agree completely that they are this very similar processes, but I think with like rectification and stuff, it's 100% quicker <laughs> to do it on a computer from the, from the demos I've seen and, um, and like the, the, the different ways I've, I've seen of doing it but it just it's just like well do I be like covered in plaster like trying to add bits on and then you can use like a little button on some of the things and just add three mil on and it's just like and then you can shape it and smooth it anything that looks looks a lot more straightforward <laughs> straightforward than uh than kind of getting in the blast room um and and then and I have seen people do a large variation in it and kind of myself too depending on the best way of obtaining that mm -hmm. that model of the leg like I recently I just couldn't scan one person I just the, the correction on the foot I just couldn't do on a, on a plate or um or just without my hands being all over the foot so although it's still a 3d product that we're looking for at the end of it so mm -hmm. take the casts and then send it send it off to uh to be which would probably have been filled stripped scanned rectified online or on software and then placed the other get back into that digital process and, and off it goes. I think in building new processes, um, that's a good thing that there is no one way which is correct. Like there are so many various uh, methods and like paths you can go through, uh, which leads you to a great product. So I think you're right. Like, um, however you do it, if the, the effect is good, why not? I think that that's where some people are a bit afraid of, like they think that just going to supersede all their processes and then and then have just this one. I say, well, it's, no, it's just mm -hmm. it's just another one. <laughs> it's just another one to add on to uh, to, to to obtain a, a slightly different product, and uh, which can have some benefits to, to a lot of people. So, mm -hmm. but, uh, I, I've seen it um, when I visited um, some places when we are um, like um, 
looking for partners and um, uh, visiting different uh, venues. Um, I saw, because if you work with someone, you know them and you you know what to expect. They know you, so they didn't, they're not afraid. But it did, seem, um, it, it did seem that there is a lot of people who really are scared of the new technologies and they are going to, that they are going to replace them or something like that. And I don't think that's, um, that's true because it's not like 3D, any material. So for, for instance, carbon fiber is a great material. It's not going to, you know, um, rule the whole market and then yeah. we can't use any other material. It's the same with 3D printing. There is space for um, different types of orthoses, different materials. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think being open for the new things, um, mm -hmm. it, it sh it, we shouldn't be afraid of that because know, it's not like I, they're going to replace us. I know. I, I, I think that, yeah, that's a big, big, big message for people to kind of take on board that we're not trying to like, just for just trying to say this is this is good this is this is a, a an advantage for our, for our industry and I know MP has got um seems to have a a reasonably good stance in the the 3D printing market it's, and it's nice to see that something is happening and it's happening quickly and mm -hmm. uh, it's going forward which is cool um I'll move on from from there um the other I'll probably go down to carbon fiber and 3D printing, because I know we briefly talked about before we started and we just talked about carbon fiber. Um, do you, from your role, like, or have you seen or done any kind of combination of these two materials? Have you seen, seen that happen or do you have any thoughts? I've seen some mortises uh, made, um, usually with the um, spring at the back. Um, so I think in general, as I said, any material um, you use has a different uh, characteristics. So if you think that would be beneficial for uh, your patient to combine, um, for instance, 3D printing and carbon fiber, I think it's yeah. a great idea uh, because mm -hmm. if you can use it to, um, to make orthosis uh, perform better, why not? Yeah. Uh, I think um, this is a very smart move. Uh, although obviously you have to connect the 3D printed and um, carbon fiber material yeah. Yeah. And in an efficient only, way. The only way I've kind of, the two ways I've heard and not used it myself is when people have used the PDE struts with um, with like carbon fiber um, foot section and then 3D printed top section. I was chatting to, to Drew, Drew Meyer um, out in Colorado last podcast and he he's really kind of he throws out some great stuff on LinkedIn, but he's like, "This is what we we're gonna we're gonna try and make," and it's like crazy innovation that he's 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 put out there. And and then chatting to like like the Crispins guys, saying that they like you know carbon fiber over the top of a over the top of a tricepial socket. So it's like okay, this 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 is where it's like we're all just focus this one on 3D mm -hmm. printing and uh, PA11 and then, or PA12, and then on what, what, you, what everyone's using. Um, but then it's like, well, materials are, are going to change as well, which is going to then throw the door open even further. It's like, okay, right, mm -hmm. what can we do with these? Because uh, I know that's kind of what HP's chatting to HP. Uh, they were saying, so they're working on printing different materials all the time. Uh, I, I think it was they were moving more towards 
metal at the moment, but um, mm -hmm. you know, it's going to keep keep changing, and that's what's kind of it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, I think the carbon fiber is a composite, uh, which I think I can say that you, you can't 3D print the same um, the same thing. It's just uh, it's just not possible at the moment. Yeah. As you said, the, the materials are the, in development, so it's not like it's never going to be possible. What's actually difficult um, when you want to combine those things that if you work yeah. on the digital uh, scan, like 3D model, um, and then you want to combine it with a 3D printed um, um, orthosis or part. Um, the carbon fiber part has to be make in, made in the workshop. So yeah. if you don't have the cast, um, you know, that's yeah, kind still, of... Yeah. yeah, so you still need everything, yeah, to... Yeah, to put it unless you've got like uh, universal things. So you've got some parts that you combine into the 3D printed model. Uh, yeah. or, but you don't have to, you know, make them um, bespoke every time. Then yeah. that's also, uh, I think, Good idea. a way to go. You do that already at work. <laughs> Are you we, doing that already? <laughs> <laughs> Is that a secret well, you coming away? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I would, I would keep pressing you on that one. Um, so I guess just kind of taking. I know we we've been talking for a little bit. I thought it's been a good conversation and. Um, so I guess any any kind of lessons you've learned from three D printing to make orthoses, like mm -hmm. good and good and bad experiences, kind of. Uh, well, I I think I didn't notice this that much before, but working closely with like a a group of engineers who actually analyze your work so much um, has made me realize that every little change in geometry, thickness, um, material has a huge impact on, on how, how the orthosis work. And then um, like I've always paid attention to a lot of details, but this has made me even more aware of uh, how those details are important in, in orthotics in general. Um, and also, like, I think there's so many lessons, but I'll try to kind of put it together. <laughs> it's good. No, it's good. I think you're right. Like what you've said so far with like, you can see them there, though. You can see the small differences mm -hmm. because it's available. Mm -hmm. Which you couldn't see in a traditional way of making something. You can't go, oh, well, it's three mil here and two mil there because of the way it's been stretched over the cast. You just have to kind of. Like, oh, this is this works a bit differently than before. Why why is that happening? You're saying, oh, maybe it's been stretched, or maybe it's. Or you can do it on purpose. You can think, okay, I want this part to be more stiff, and this um, maybe it would be more beneficial for the patient if this part yeah. was more flexible. And then you can you know play with it. And I, I think that's the learning about with with AFOs as well, where where it seems to be okay. Right now we can we can change all these thicknesses and why and where. That's the bit we're kind of learning at the moment, which is super exciting. That's something you actually ask yourself. Why would I change it here? And maybe I could change it there. Like yeah. kind of experience yeah. it um, from a different angle. That, um, yeah, I think that was the biggest, you know, not maybe surprise, but something I, I didn't think of uh, as much. And then it made me realize that actually uh, every patient is very, very different. And then... Much yeah, I was going to ask you that. Right. I was going to say, like, when you when you see patients and their expectations when they come into your clinic, did do you find that they're coming there because you they want you to three D print it, or are they just 
are they more open-minded than that or mm-hmm. and, and do you find that's a different challenge in terms of what you're well, what a lot you're of people a lot of people reaches us because they want to change they want something different and they want a 3d printed device um but we also work of, with physiotherapists and doctors who um, who are very open to um ha- like see this change and they yeah. kind of tend the patients to us as well because they know yeah. what they expect from their patients and they want um, us to so when you when they come in do you do you say you know yes yeah, it's, it's definitely it's 100 percent there or do you say like well do you highlight the, the kind of obvious differences that we can be quite confident in in terms of like that weight and, uh, and and thickness or or do they because like I was saying earlier I was just kind of want one your opinion on and what you do when you're in clinic about people who are like see all the hype and they're like yeah this is they're they're expecting big 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 changes sometimes mm-hmm. uh, how, how do you kind of manage that uh, well, we were working as an as a team uh, on the algorithm, uh, which is constantly being improved to um, match those criteria. Yeah. Uh, but also, uh, we've uh, purchased the Gate Laboratory. Um, okay, laboratory. I did see that. I saw your LinkedIn page. <laughs> a lot of boxes. Yeah, and um, you know, uh, I hope this is going to change the whole um, the whole approach in general because we. Uh, we will be able actually to uh, measure the effectiveness of the orthosis and then um, and, and then hopefully tell us, tell, tell, tell us all uh, <laughs> what those small changes can, can do to, to from an orthosis design can do to function I think that that's the bit that's where, where I feel like I'm at anyway that they're like well these are clearly making we're able to change a lot more of the specifics and, and we're getting different results so why is that and how do we understand them better but now I know that you've got your gate lab and you can tell me once you've recorded them all <laughs> that'll be great I we'll do a catch up again for another uh, another podcast in like six months and you can you can uh, tell us your results <laughs> why not I mean I'm really really uh, excited about this so uh, cool. I'm all open to talk yeah cool wonderful well thank you so much for uh coming on talking to us that was super informative and good to have, have those discussions yes until Thank you very much. until we until we meet again well hopefully um ot world opens this yeah. um 2022 uh I'll we be will there. be there with your 3d so yeah cool. maybe yeah. we can actually talk this is my second attempt, second attempt at trying to get there so hopefully i'll make it this year fingers crossed <laughs>